Let's all lift our hands here tonight to the King of Glory. I sing your hallelujahs forever and ever, Lord. May I never lose the wonder of your mercy, Lord. Let me sing, let me sing. Find me singing, find me dreaming, find me lost in you. Find me grateful and thankful on my knees, singing hallelujah, Lord, singing hallelujah, Lord, found in your love, found in your grace, found in your love, Lord, found in your love, Lord, all I know is I've been found.
God. Now just give God a good hand of thanksgiving to Him tonight. Clap your hands, all you people. Come on, we can do better than that. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Worthy is the Lamb of God. We praise you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Well, what a blessed night. Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't you turn and say hi to somebody around you, if you would. Greet somebody here tonight. Amen. Shake a hand. Maybe meet somebody you don't know before you're seated. Awesome. Excellent. Amen. Well, there's a uh, couple of things I wanted to mention to you that's uh, coming up, of course, tomorrow. We start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, that's going to be taking place over the next uh, 21 days. And so that kicks off, and I know a lot of you are planning on joining us for that and are going to be doing the, some of you are doing the Daniel fast like we are, but it doesn't really matter what you give up as long as it's something that you're willing to give up and spend more time in prayer with the Lord over. And uh, so uh, I encourage you to do that. We will be online tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. with prayer. Um, it's not going to be a real long prayer, but it, we like to seed everybody with some information about what we can pray and agree on for the day. So if you want to join me at 6 tomorrow morning, you're more than welcome to do that online on Facebook Live. Uh, this coming Tuesday, we start our first Supernatural Life class here in the sanctuary at 7 o'clock. And so we want to invite you to be a part of that. That's going to go on for six weeks. And then on January the 21st and 22nd, Ray Bench is going to be with us. And uh, we're really excited about having Ray in. He is a great preacher on the Ministry of Helps. And uh, we're looking forward to kicking off the new year with him. And so we hope you'll be with us and uh, bring along some folks. He's a very practical Bible teacher and uh, does a great job. And so it's going to be a great uh, be a great blessing. Amen? Amen. I want to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. If you need an offering envelope for your cash giving, they're in the back of your chairs, and then uh, also if you're giving um, by check, you can make those out to AGC. Um, one of the things that we're going to definitely establish this year is everything that comes into the black box up here is going towards children's ministry, and um, one of the things that I talked with uh, Kathy about this past year was a the curriculum that we were going to establish and uh, that we would as a congregation, get behind that and actually help fund that, to help make that. It's an extra thing. It's going to cost us about $1,800 for the year, but, uh, you know, look, that's nothing for all of us. Amen? And so if we all just do a little bit extra, then it actually will be taken care of real easy. And so I just invite you uh, to uh, anything that you would give extra in the offering tonight, that it would go in the black box, and, of course, that's going to go right into our children's ministry and uh, that's, uh, it's providing a curriculum that's going to give all from, pre, from nursery all the way to, uh, um, to our uh, grade school kids. It's going to give them consistent curriculum throughout the year and uh, things that they can take home, Bible verses to learn, but things that's just going to take it to a new level. I'm, I'm a big believer in taking something to a better level. Amen. And uh, I believe in excellence, and Kathy's really researched this, and so this is a great program, and many of you in children's ministry are aware of that, and so you know kind of what, what's happening with that. So um, without further ado, let's get ready to give tonight. Amen? You know, we believe that your investment of time, energy, and resources is producing a shared benefit in the expansion 
of God's kingdom. Through our giving together, what we are doing is expanding the kingdom of God. We're sending forth laborers into the harvest, amen, that are going into the harvest fields and are bringing in harvest. And so we're excited about that. We're raising up generational ministry through our church. We're sending out missionaries into the world, and uh, we're raising up new ministers all the time. But also that we're empowering people, all people, whether you're called to full-time ministry uh, to, to serve as a pastor, evangelist, a prophet, an, an apostle, or a teacher, we're empowering all people to fulfill their divine call in God, and that is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to use your gifts for his kingdom. Amen? Amen. So I want you to know tonight that when you give, that you're investing Lord, into something that is producing a shared benefit, because as we all do this together, we all share in the benefit together. Amen? It's not just credit to Pastor Jolliffe's account or Chuck Seeley's account or anybody else's. It's a credit to the, amen, sorry Chuck, but uh, it's a credit to, amen, had the opportunity to share the gospel at a funeral today and uh, just to talk with people, uh, people I, a lot of people I didn't even know uh, about receiving Christ a couple weeks ago had the same opportunity uh, and uh, you know, look, any person that comes to Christ because we're in this together, we share Amen, and the expansion of God's kingdom for that. Praise the Lord. Let's grab our tithes and offerings, our gift, and we're going to pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, as we bring the tithes and offerings into your house, Lord, that, Father, there's meat in the house for us, according to the book of Malachi. And I thank you, Lord God, that as there's meat in the house, that you're opening up the windows of heaven to us and pouring out a blessing, that there's not room enough for us to receive, Lord God. Lord, as one translation says, that we would surely shout, God, please stop, it's enough. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you're pouring out blessing on your people here tonight as we obey your word in Jesus' name. And all those agreed said, amen. I'm going to let you bring your tithes and offerings forward, so if you want to stand up, you can go ahead and do that.
Amen. Thank you. All right, we're going to go ahead and dismiss our children for children's ministry at this time. And be blessed as you go. And hopefully you have your Bible with you tonight and you could have some notes um, We had the, that we uh, had out there for you on uh, confessions or things to speak over 2007. Is that it, the year? 17, yep. It's 2017. Amen. Uh, seems like our beginning of the year always starts out pretty busy and, and uh, gets a little crazy, and then it sort of balances itself out. I'm going to be in the next uh, couple of weeks. Take a, I take a whole week of prayer just away, a spending time with God, uh, just praying about what's going to ha- what feel like the Lord's saying for that year. And, uh, you know, praying over our congregation and believing for great things. One of the things that definitely that we were able to draw from from uh, the, many of the prophetic words is that God has, uh, God has raised us up to declare something. And that uh, we're standing on uh, the book of Job where it says, Decree a thing and it shall be established to you. And that's our verse for the year. And, uh, you know, I just am going to keep coming back to that for a while because I believe that this is vitally important. In fact, our Thursday night study that we're doing, we're talking a little bit about about faith and how that faith is so important to our lives. And and that really without knowing our identity in Christ, we can't really even, our faith isn't even going to work because in that capacity, uh, the enemy will always attack our identity first. And uh, so we spent some time dealing with that this last week. I, uh, if you don't know who you are, then you don't know what you have. I mean, that's just the way that it is. And so uh, you and I, we have to know who we are. You know, when I first became a, a, a spirit-filled and started studying the word in depth, I really had this deep desire in my life to know how to release my faith. I, I had read about faith and studied about faith, but I really didn't know how to release that. And, and it was through Dr. Hagen, Kenneth Hagen's book that he talked about how that you can actually um, release your faith. And I was so intrigued by that. What, and I kept thinking, man, there's got to be some powerful thing that you, you have to do to release your faith. And, and basically what, he came down, what it came down to was is that he said that you release your faith by speaking your faith out. You have to speak it out. That faith is not just something that you believe in your heart which for a lot of believers that's what it has become is just something well I just I personally believe that instead it has to become more than just I believe this but it's something that I'm speaking out there's two ways you demonstrate your faith by what you say and by what you do by what you say and by what you do and if you look at what Jesus did with people when he would pray with people he would tell them to do something and that's because that's an expression of faith it's to get them to do to respond to something. You know, when he dealt with the lepers, he, he told them to do something. He told others, don't do, you know, he always gave people things to do after he prayed for them. It wasn't like he just prayed for them and said, well, how do you feel? He, he said, here, now I want you to do this. And so we, we realize that faith is released by what we say, how we speak. In fact, the book of Romans 10 tells us that not only is faith of the heart, but it is of the mouth speaking. It's what we're confessing or professing out of our mouth. 
And so that's what we're going to spend a little bit of time over the next several weeks taking a look at is about our confession and about our profession. Now, we're not in some kind of a bondage about this that, you know, you, you know that we're like a ton of toms that we just got to say something over and over and over and over again, especially if it's not tied to what we really believe. Uh, what we have to do is we have to come down to that that basic idea of is what is it that I am believing for and then what am I willing to commit myself to to say over my life? You know, you and I both know that it isn't what we do once in a while that shapes our lives. It isn't what we do once in a while that shapes our life. You know, you know Lord help us that it's only once in a while we eat bad foods, right? I mean, wouldn't it be great if like, 99% of the time we ate good stuff for us and only 1% that we ate bad stuff. But sometimes it's a lot more shifted the other directions. It's, what we, it's not what we do once in a while that shapes our lives. You know, you can work out, you could get all excited at the beginning of the year and do a workout on Monday, but if you don't do it consistently, it isn't really going to change a whole lot. It's just going to be a little bit of movement and then we're going to go back to old habits and old patterns. So we could say it like this, it isn't what we do once in a while that shapes our lives, but what we do consistently, what we do consistently. That's why I'm a big advocate for daily Bible reading, and that, you know, if you do the one-year Bible with me on version, it takes you, it'll take you about 15 minutes a day, that's all it takes. I mean, depending on your reading level, and there's different translations that you can use, um, but if you just spend 15 minutes a day reading the Bible, you know, sometimes I think we, we look at it and go, well, I just don't have time to be able to, you know, to read the Bible. Well, you surely do have time. You got to make the time. You got to consistently do that in your life and it will impact your life in an incredible, incredible way. So it's what we do consistently. It's what we do consistently. So, you know, one of the questions I think we have to ask ourselves spiritually is what are the consistent habits of my life? What are the consistent things that I do? You know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a consist, I'm consistent at going to church. It's my habit to be found in the house of the Lord. Even when I'm out of town, I still find churches to go to. I was talking to my sister, and we're dealing with my aunt, and I almost ended up having to go down to uh, Akron uh, today because uh, her health is failing. And uh, my sister says, well, we'll have breakfast on Sunday morning. And I says, well, I'll be in church on Sunday morning. And so, you know, no matter where I am, I'm going to go to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of glory. Amen. I love being in the house of God. Some of the finest, greatest people in the world are in the church. Amen. And uh, so, you know, it's something that we do consistently. Daily prayer. It's not the length of our prayer. It's that it's a consistent part of our lives. Giving is the same thing. Tithing and, and offerings. And those are the consistent things we do, not the once in a while things that we do. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. One person said it like this, the secret to your success is found in your daily routine. The secret to your success will be found in your daily routine. What is it that you do daily in your life that's a part of your routine? Now, the difficulty, and and once again, and then we'll get into what I want to get into here tonight. The difficulty is, is, is that when we do things consistently, they become boring to us. They can become boring. And that's where this really big word comes in that Jesus taught us about. 
and it's so vital if you're actually ever going to have success in your life, you have to have this word as part of your life, and it's the word discipline. That's where the word disciple comes from. We are disciplined people. So, you know, there are times that we don't feel much like doing stuff, but we discipline ourselves to continue to do it no matter what. You know, during the fast, I'm going to feel like eating pizza. Beans and rice can get old, all right, after a while, uh, even if you are spicing them up a little bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear a general consensus answer to that, so, but look, in our lives, what we have to do is when we get to those moments where we're thinking, you know, that donut looks really good or, or you know, well, I've been so good. You know, like our, it, it's just all the games we play with ourselves. Well, I've been so good for a week. Now this, it's the weekend. It'd be, oh, God wouldn't care. And, and you know what? God wouldn't care. It doesn't get going to change how God feels about you. But it, it, here's what I've learned. When you break a discipline in your life, it is very difficult to regain that discipline. It's sort of like a, it's sort of like steel, you know. Steel has an integrity to it, and once that integrity is lost, you know that steel no longer has the same integrity that it had before. And that integrity, when once that steel has begun to bend, it's easier to bend it the next time, and it's easier to bend it the next time, and it's easier to bend it the next time. So, it's what we do consistently. What are your daily routines? What are the things that you consistently uh, do in your life. Well, one of those things I think that has to be a part of our lives, and, I've, and, and it has been a part of my life for a long, long time, is confessing the next five things I want to talk to you about, and they're in your notes there. And uh, the reason that I say this is that, that these are, this is not everything, but these are things that I think are vital for you and I in our lives if we want to really see the, you know, a proactive relationship with Christ, these are five things that we've got to grab onto. And, uh, you know, and we need to know verses that go with them. And uh, it's just to me, it, it, memorizing scripture has been, has changed my life. When I started memorizing, I can remember in Roma, Sharon, when Sharon and I were in Roma, Texas, I didn't really know any Bible verses. I mean, I was trying, but it was such a struggle. And what we did is we began to write verses down on three by five cards and we would just walk down the street and Sharon and I'd sit in our bedroom and we'd quote scriptures to each other and try by to we were trying to memorize what the word said everything that we knew about the bible was in the bible it was not in our heart and so we had to go back and to get those verses because we felt like that God wanted us to memorize and to know these verses I think that would be a great if you learned all these verses this year you set yourself on a regular pattern to learn these verses I promise you it will change your life it will absolutely change your life and so let's look at these five aspects of things that we need to confess over our lives these are basic things that need to be a part of our active faith and the first one there in your notes is Jesus is Lord. Philippians chapter 2, 9, 10, and 11 says that God highly exalted Jesus, gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
And so what we have to recognize is, is that Jesus is Lord and his name is the name above every single name that exists. That there is nothing that the enemy can throw at you that Jesus is not an overcomer over. No matter what's going on in the world, and there are crazy things going on in the world, we still must recognize Jesus is Lord. And it might look like at times that the devil's winning and death and destruction are winning and deceit and war and poverty and all those things. are. But here's what you as a believer know. Jesus is the Lord of my life. And at that name, it's the greatest name of all names that exist because of who I believe it's tied to. And at that name, every knee, every knee, every tongue, heaven, earth, under earth has to, that just shows you the the, the great uh, boldness of the power of the name of Jesus that we can speak that. And so we must uh, grab hold of that idea. Luke ten nineteen is another great verse that ties into this where Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Everybody say all. all. Now all is all. That means all the power, all the deception of the enemy. And so you and I, we have to grab onto this idea that Jesus is Lord. Sometimes we, you know, it's easy for us to get sucked in to what's going on into the world and all the difficulties in the world and what's out there. But the declaration is Jesus is Lord. When I get on an airplane, Sharon and I, before we even get on that plane, man, we put our hands on that airplane. And I don't care if it's for mission work or it's a vacation We put our hand on that airplane. We declare that Jesus is Lord, and he is Lord over the pilot on this plane, and he is Lord over the the attendants on this plane, and he is Lord over all the ground crew, and he is Lord over every person on this plane, and we are not in any way accepting anything any different. Jesus is the name above every name. I don't know who that's for. Maybe somebody here is getting ready to travel. But look, you have to make, and, and you say, well, pastor, I believe that. that I don't have a problem. I believe that. Yeah, but here's the thing. If it's just in our heart, then we're in a process where other things can impact the way that our heart is viewing things. When you and I begin to confess something and begin to declare something, we are taking and agreeing with what God has said in his word. And when you and I agree with what God has said in his word, we are coming into an alignment with God Almighty in heaven. Now, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, and this is there in your notes, it says in verse, um, and we'll just look at verse 23 there, but it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The word confession in the Greek language is two words. It's homologia, and it's the word same word is what it means. Same word. So what is he saying? Let us hold fast the same word, begin to speak the same word that God Almighty is saying over our circumstances. Now you know what that feels like. Something's going wrong. You don't want to say what God says, and especially if you don't know what God says. So you get in a circumstance where things are difficult, things are troublesome, things look like they're going chaotic and falling apart. 
if you don't say what God says, you're never going to, you know, people say, well, you know, the Lord knows and he'll take care of all. Look, God has enabled you to say the same thing he says over your circumstances in your life. And he gives you his word to be able to do that. So let us hold fast, grab onto it, the same word, say the exact same thing that God would say over this circumstance, say that same thing. In fact, in the book of Hebrews 3, the word confession keeps showing up. In Hebrews 3, it says that Jesus is the high priest. He is the apostle and high priest of your confession, of those things you're saying in agreement with what he has already said over you. You have to know what the scripture says about your circumstance. And then you have to begin to speak that word. This is so key. Jesus is Lord. Say that with me. Jesus is Lord. Now I encourage you to learn these two verses and to put them in your heart. and Meditate on them when you're going to bed at night. You know, I've had so many times when I was laying in bed at night. And I mean, just, you know how things can just be in your head rolling around you can't get to sleep you're thinking over and over stuff and then all of a sudden when you put these things in your heart and you get them you begin to confess them over your life they just begin to roll back out and in the midst of whatever was going on Jesus is Lord would roll out I knew one night I knew one night when we were in Roma and uh, we had a situation where um, a person uh Somebody was outside of our house, and I knew somebody was out there. And uh, we were we were right on the uh, we were right on the border to Mexico, and and Roma is known as the huge drug trafficking area. It made it in Time Magazine. I mean, it's a really big area where stuff a lot of bad stuff happened across the Rio Grande. And uh, this night, we could just you could just feel the evil that was outside. I mean, you just knew something. This was an attack of the enemy. And, and I walked out into the living room, and, and, and I'm standing there, and I know somebody's right there. Somebody's right outside that door, and I'm thinking, this is it, man. And then all of a sudden, something rose up on the inside of me. Jesus is Lord. This thing does not have authority on the outside. Now, look, I'm not opposed to being a gun owner because I am a gun owner. But here's, here's the thing. The greatest authority that I have is not the gun that I have in my safe. The greatest authority that I have is the name of Jesus Christ. And I'm not opposed to using both of them. <laughs> Can you say amen? But, see the, but, but don't ever think just because you got one thing, you don't need the other thing. Because demons aren't afraid of guns. You got to take authority over that nonsense, and you got to tell it to stop. Whenever we've been in circumstances where demons were manifesting, this will always write. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the victor. He is the overcomer. And this thing, whatever that this is that's trying to manifest, this has to bow its knee as any other thing would have to bow its knee to the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say Amen? amen. Number two, huge one here: no anxiety. Let's let 2017 not be an anxious year for us. 1 Peter 5, 7 says that you and I need to cast our care upon the Lord because he cares for us. Cast our care, our worry. Our, the, the Amplified Version says cast all your anxieties, your concerns, your worries. Let me say it again. All your anxieties, all your concerns, all your worries. Well, Pastor, I'm just concerned. Cast all your anxieties, all your concerns, and all your worries. Well, I've just been worried. Well, cast all your anxieties, concerns, and worries upon the Lord. 
How do I do that? Because I know that he cares for me. That he cares for me. Cast all your anxieties, concerns, and worries upon the Lord because he cares for you affectionately, it says, and he's watching over you. You say, well, how do I cast it to the Lord? Philippians tells us that you and I, that we are to not be anxious in anything or to be worried about anything. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. He said, don't worry about anything, but in all things with prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how do I get rid of my care? I cast it where, I, where it needs to go, and that is to the Lord. Lord, I give this to you, I pray. And you know what? Uh, sometimes you've got to give it a bunch of times. Brother Hagen was telling one time that he was preaching at this church and they had a certain amount of money that they needed. And man, it was really, he was really struggling. And, and, uh, and then he came home and his wife said, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but not only did we need that amount of money, but we need twice that amount of money. And Brother Hagen, he just said, well, the Lord will provide. You know how we'll just throw out our little answers and he says, well, the Lord will provide. And he said, I just decided I was going to cast my care upon the Lord. So he said, I laid in bed all night and it took all night, but I finally got it off of me and onto him. So sometimes it does take a while to get this stuff off your back. And, and you do that. That's where prayer comes in, that I'm giving this to the Lord. Lord, look, I'm, I'm giving this to you, God. I don't want to carry the burden of this. I don't want to carry the weight of this. I'm asking you for your help. So no anxiety in 2017. We're not going to worry about our income. We're not going to worry about our kids. We're not going to worry about our health. Amen. We're going to cast our care upon the Lord. Number three, no sickness or disease. No sickness or disease. Matthew 8, 17 tells us that he himself bore our sickness and carried away our diseases. Isaiah 53, 5 tells us that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastisement of our peace was on him, and by his stripes that we are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, by his stripes you were healed. Now it's interesting, because Sharon and I were talking about this. You know, we could say that Christians that believe in healing still, still deal with sickness and disease just as much as people that don't. Because it's true, we all deal with sickness and disease. But here's the, here's the truth. The truth behind it is, is that we have a higher reality of hope than people without God have and that don't believe in healing. I believe in healing. I, I, I do believe that you can live. Look, I absolutely believe that you can live a life free from sickness and disease. I do believe that. I've never met anybody that's done it. So here's what I believe. You have to continue to build your faith consistently about what God says in his word about healing. The only way that you can do that is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So here's what happens. See, when a believer that believes in healing gets sick, they automatically have an immune system that goes into place that says, this is not welcomed in this house. That's right. Now, people that don't believe in healing, you know what they think? Well, I just got to deal with it like everybody else has got to deal with it. But see, you have an immune, you build an immunity up with faith, and it's harder for something to stay in your life that you know has no right to be there. And 
Sickness and disease has no authority over you. Has no right over your body. Has no right over your mind. I didn't say you won't deal with it, but you would because you will deal with it. But when you do deal with it, you know it has no authority over you. And it has no right in, 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 your, in your house. Um, it, it's, to me, this is so important for us as believers. Because if we start preaching healing in that we're, gonna, we're going to say that you're never going to deal with sickness and disease, I think we're, we're leading you astray. Because you are going to deal with difficulties. And sometimes, you know, it's not just the sickness and disease. It's, it's just um, physical injury that people deal with. That, that stuff that... You know, abuse of our bodies. We just didn't take care of ourselves and we hurt ourselves or we tried to lift something the wrong way or we tried to lift something we shouldn't have been trying to lift at all. Um, you know, different things that can happen where we slipped and fell on the ice or whatever. Things can happen. But for you and I as believers, what, what helps us is, is that, one, we know this has no right over me. Cancer has no right over my life. It has no right. Now, you can't, you can help someone that you know that's dealing with stuff like this, but really the only person that you can really take authority for is for yourself, okay? So I know sometimes we get a little bit, you know, well, I'm, you know, because my dad was dealing with, uh, my dad dealt with Parkinson's. I mean, bad. He dealt with it really bad. And it eventually took his life. And, you know, I, he did not, I don't think he believed that it should have taken his life. My mom definitely didn't believe it should have taken his life. And we did everything we could to speak the word. And he really did study a lot to try to, to battle this. But eventually he got tired of dealing with it. And so he told me at one point, he says, I'm just tired and I'm just ready to go home to be with God. And you know what? There's no loss in that. And there is definitely no condemnation in that. But does that change what Richard Jolliffe believes about healing? Well, absolutely it doesn't change anything. Sickness and disease is not welcome in my body or in my home. I am not going to have that. And you have to build up this immunity to it in faith, not just building an immunity up with it by going to the doctor, but an immunity up that I am not receiving this into my household. I am not receiving this with my kids. I am not receiving this. Amen. So no sickness or disease in 2017. Can you say amen to that? We're not having that in our bodies. We're not going to give in to every little thing that comes along uh, down the pike, every new fever, flu, whatever that they've come up with. All right, number four, no financial lack. Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Proverbs 10.22 says that the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. So no lack in 2017. You have all the resources you need to do to do what God wants you to do. Now look, you'll have all the resources to do, and you'll have the job that you need to do it, and we'll believe with you with it, but you've got to be committed to this confession. No lack in my life this year. No lack in my life. Not based off of the fact that it's just a great idea, but based off the fact that this is what God says in his word. Remember, I'm, I'm homologia, same word that God says. What does God say over your finances? What does God say about you having every need taken care of? 
That's what Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 teach us, and that's what this passage teaches us in Proverbs 10.22. The last one, Jesus Christ is my wisdom, he is my righteousness, he is my sanctification, and he is my redemption. All of those are taken from 1 Corinthians 1.30. Now, there are other verses that tie in with these, which I will con- that I confess over my life as well, um, that Jesus is my wisdom. In fact, in James chapter 1, it says that if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Colossians chapter one says, or Colossians chapter two says that in Christ Jesus are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So Christ is in me, according to one twenty-seven of the book of Colossians. So therefore, I have all wisdom and knowledge. I have all wisdom. I'm not ignorant. I'm not stupid. I may not know right now, but I will know. I will know. You know, the really cool thing, and, and I know not everybody here is, is a is spirit-filled, tongue-talking individual, but I was thinking about this the other day. The, to me, this is so awesome. You can always tell that you've got a spirit-filled tongue-talker with you whenever you get in a circumstance that nobody knows what to do. Do you know why? Because immediately they begin to pray. They begin to pray in tongues. I've seen Chuck do it tons of times. You know, we've been in circumstances. We go into a situation and, and nobody knows what to say. Nobody knows what to do. But right away, man, you just start out. Hey, thank God that he gives us this heavenly language that will give us the wisdom that we need. You know, it says in the book of Corinthians, chapter, uh, in chapter 14, that when I speak in an unknown tongue, I'm not talking to men, I'm talking directly to God, and I am speaking forth mysteries. Well, those mysteries become unveiled to you and I as we begin to speak forth in other tongues. So I've had, th- I mean, look, we've had situations. I, I know about this one deal that happened with um, Paul Youngie Cho, was absolutely powerful. His wife called, said, your son has drank milk. A bunch of other kids at school drank the same milk. They're dead. And you need to come home right now. Your son's here at the house. He's laying on the kitchen table, and, and he's not reviving. He's very sick. And Joe hurried up, got home, walks into the kitchen. There's his son laying on the kitchen table, and, and, and the kid's suffering laying there on the table. And, Joe, and there's, the doctors have said, there's nothing we can do. He's poisoned. There's no cure. And he'll die just like everybody else's kid has died that's drank this milk that was poisoned. And uh, Joe immediately, you know what he did, began to speak in other tongues. And so he prayed. And he said, I just began to speak in tongues. And he said, I felt so weak. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you just did not know what in the world to do. I mean, it was like you're overwhelmed. But thank God the scripture says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And so he began to speak in tongues. And Cho said, he began to speak in tongues. And he said, and one hour went by. And he says, and I still felt so weak. I didn't feel like I could, felt like I was just, it was bouncing off the heavens, you know, off the roof of my, uh, the ceiling in my kitchen. And he says, then two hours went by. And he said, man, it just, it, I just couldn't get broke through. He says, it was just overwhelming. And he said, three hours went by. 
And then he said all of a sudden something happened. He said it just seemed like a light shot down from heaven and went right over my boy. And he said, and immediately I felt this anointing, this power come over me. And he says, I looked at my little boy and I said, in the name of Jesus, son, you get up off of that table. God has healed you. And he grabbed his little boy and he jumped up off that table. And he was the only kid that lived out of all those kids that had drunk that milk. Thank God that when we don't know what to do, or as it, says in, as it says in Romans, when you don't know how to pray, the Spirit himself makes utterances through us with groanings that cannot be, that are not normal, they're not articulate speech, but they are the move of the Spirit. You have the wisdom of God on the inside of you. You're not going to be without wisdom this year. Over your business, over your family, over your marriage, over your household. You're not going to be without wisdom because in Christ, according to Colossians 2.2, is all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. According to 127, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. According to James chapter 1, that you can ask for wisdom if you don't know what to do, then he'll give you, and he upbraideth not. He doesn't hold back any part of it, but he gives liberally and freely to you because you asked him for the wisdom. Can you say Amen. Jesus has become our righteousness according to this passage in 1 Corinthians 1.30 that because um, he made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Mark my words, identity will be the greatest battleground in 2017 that we will deal with. Identity. The greatest battle that you will deal with. The enemy has been working nonstop against identity in our nation. In the world. Because when the identity is, I told you this earlier, when your identity is messed up, then you don't have any authority. You don't realize what you have authority over. So we've got all kinds of confusing identification issues going on in our world right now. But I'm not as concerned about those identification issues as I am the believers that aren't sure they're really believers and the believers that don't know who they are in Christ Jesus and the believers that don't know that they've been made righteous through the blood of Christ, not by your own works, but by his works. And the believer that doesn't know that they have authority to be bold as a lion instead of cowering under the kitchen table. The greatest attack, you'll, you, want, you mark my words, that you will deal with this year is identity. And you'll be surprised how it'll try to seep out of, your, out of your nature. It'll try to show itself up. It'll always show itself up by self uh, putting yourself down, your self-esteem. So, you know, you just put, put yourself down. I mean, I've preached, and, 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 and I've gotten up, and man, and I knew. I, I got up, and I just began to preach the gospel, and I began to preach the truth. And I, then I go to the Father God, and I say, oh, Lord, did I... Did I do a good job? And you know what God says? Did you preach my word? Yes. Did you pray and ask me to help you? Yes. Then shut up and just believe what you believe, all right? Stop, stop playing this game. See, that's that self-image that self identification where you get back and you're just all of a sudden you're wondering, well, I, do, I just don't know if I'm doing the right, am I doing this good? Look, you gotta, if you know what the word says about it, then do what the word says about it. You're not worthy. You know what? I'm not. But through Jesus Christ, I am. Through Christ, I am. And I choose to identify 
with that. I choose to identify with that. You know, you, you think about it if you're a parent here tonight, that uh, as soon as something goes haywire with your kids, the enemy attacks you and says, this is your fault. You just weren't a very good parent. You didn't do a good job. You should have, and, and, and parents will parents will say, I, I don't know what I, I must have done, we must not have done a good job. We must not have done something right. Look, you can still do everything right and still bad, sin is sin, folks. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And not because of yourself, but because of what he's done for you. Jesus become my righteous. he is my wisdom, my righteousness, he is my sanctification. Right. John 17, 17, he has sanctified me through the word, his, the truth. His word is the truth that has sanctified us. We are sanctified not because we live and do everything exactly right. Don't get the cart before the horse. The reality is you and I are sanctified and we are made right in the sight of God because Jesus Christ is my sanctification. And because of that, I can live. And I believe in it. Some of you, my old Nazarene and Wesleyan friends will get this living the sanctified life. Be ye holy, for I am holy. But that's not just because that's a discipline, that's because my nature has changed through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there'll be a warfare to, you know, at times with that, but I am sanctified because of Jesus Christ. I am sanctified through the work of Christ. I am made holy because of Jesus. Amen. Last one, he is my redemption. Jesus Christ is my redemption. And, uh, you know, I, I was reading in our uh, Thursday night study about redemption, telling you about how that in Webster's old dictionary, the, the first one that he wrote, I think it was 1828, I think it was, that, uh, that when he defined redemption, you know, the old dictionary was full of scripture. I mean, it was full. Webster had his dictionary. The Merriam-Webster is, is, is a is a pale image of what the old dictionary used to be. And uh, Webster had in his dictionary scriptures through all of these different words. And the word redemption, he, when he talked about redemption, he says it's, it's when someone who owns something has lost something, but they come in and pay the price to get back what belongs to them. That's redemption. That's what Jesus Christ has done for you, friend. He owned you, but because of sin, we got out there away from him, but then he took it on himself to come and pay the price to get us back with him. That redemption has given us that absolute perfect relationship with Almighty God. So each of these have verses that are tied with them, and I'm like I said, I, we, I could go on and on with these. But my challenge to you this year is, are you going to learn these verses? Are you going to learn that sickness and disease has no place in your life? Are you going to learn that you don't have to live in lack? Are you going to learn that Jesus is Lord? Are you going to learn that you don't have to be anxious? See, the funny thing is, is that when you start putting this stuff into your life and people start saying things to you like, well, you know, I'm just really anxious about this. I'm really worrying about this. Guess what's going to come out of your mouth? You're going to say to them, well, you know, the Bible says. Let me tell you what, the, this is how I deal with that. 
well, you know, I'm just really dealing with this sickness and disease. And instead of just saying, get away from me, you say, (laughs) you know, he himself bore our sickness. You know, what I do is I turn to what the scripture says about healing for me. Or there's lack. Or they talk about the economy. You know, we've been really, this church has done really awesome. And when they, when 2008 hit and the whole world, you know, was looking at the United States going, our economy's in the toilet and we're in the, I don't know, the, the, the semi-depression or whatever it was. And man, everybody was fearful. You know what we started doing? We started speaking grace to gas prices. Right? Remember that? We started going, I said, don't just go by there and go, oh my gosh, I got to pay four bucks a gallon. Start saying grace, grace to it. Start saying, Lord Jesus, I thank you. Gas prices are coming down. And, and then we started speaking out and saying, we got jobs and our economy's growing. And, and guess what ended up happening? We made it right through just fine. Was it hard? Sure. It was harder on your faith than it was on anything. But you got through. And I know some people that prospered really, really well through 2008 they weren't supposed to. So confessing homologia, saying what God says, you're seeding your life in 2017. So you got this whole year ahead of you right now. What are you going to seed that year with this? this what are you going to seed it with? You say, well, whatever the Lord wants, baloney. Okay. That's just a, that, that's just, look, that's just a cliche falsehood that you're saying over your life. The Lord's saying, I already said what I want for you. Now, I want you to start saying what I said for you. Well, whatever God wants, you know, that's like people saying, que sera, sera. Well, whatever will be, will be, whatever happens. Well, I'm already going to start predicting 2017. No sickness and disease. No lack. Jesus is Lord. No devil's going to have any kind of power or authority over anything in my life. I'm not going to be worrying. I'm not going to be fretful. And I've got wisdom because of Jesus. I've got righteousness because of Jesus. I'm sanctified because of Jesus. And I have redemption because of Jesus. These five things I'm telling you about tonight changed my life. They changed my life. I was just as insecure and messed up as the next guy. But because of learning these verses and applying these truths, my life has been transformed. I'm not done. Now, it don't do any good if you just do it one time tomorrow morning. But what will do a lot of good is if you consistently begin to confess these things over your life. Stand up with me. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Close your eyes with me just for a moment. Hallelujah. Lord, when we're weak, you're strong. In fact, you said in the word, they'll let the weak say I am strong. When we're poor, you're rich. Therefore, you said to us, let the poor man say I am rich. Father, every negative thing that could happen to us in this life, you've already spoken something over. You've already told us, Lord, what we need to believe and what we need to release with our mouth and with our actions. Father, no one is making light tonight at all. And if I have, I I am so sorry about any, because I know what lack feels like. 
And I know what disease feels like and sickness. And I know what it's like, Lord God, to be afraid, not be able to sleep at night and feel like you have no place to go. I know what it feels like, Lord God, to feel stupid and unwanted. I know all those feelings. So, Lord, tonight, as we stand before you, that even in the midst of all of that, we can know that you call us to something better, that you have called us to this image that you see our lives at. Lord, you have prophesied already, as it says in the book of Peter, that you have spoken a word of prophecy over us, Lord God, that's even more sure than if we heard something from heaven tonight that just spoke an audible voice that spoke, that you have given us your sure word of prophecy, that we are to prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers, that sickness will have no reign or rule over our bodies in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you were wounded for my transgressions and bruised for my iniquities. I'm thankful tonight, Lord God, that you, Lord Jesus, bore my sickness in your body so that I would not have to, that it would not have the right to dwell in my body. Lord, we commit ourselves tonight to consistently throughout this year confess your word. Lord, that this will not just be another message, a nice message that we heard about confession. But, Lord, that we will be determined this year to homologia, to say the same thing you say, to speak the same word that you speak. In the name of Jesus, I pray here tonight, Father God. Holy Spirit, take what has been spoken here tonight burn this in the heart of every person that hears this. I pray in the name of Jesus. For it is life, Lord, as you said in your word. It is life unto them that find them. And it is health to all their flesh. To all their flesh. To all their flesh. In Jesus' name. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm going to ask tonight, if you're here tonight and you are fighting against some kind of a sickness or some kind of a disease or you would like to stand for someone that is dealing with that, um, you know, I believe in getting people that are faith-filled involved in our prayer lives and uh, people that have been through stuff and been in battles. And uh, so if you're in a a situation that right now uh, with some kind of a, Maybe you've had a bad report from the doctor, and uh, or you're just go- you want to stand for someone that has that you know that just your heart is touched for them tonight. And uh, I want to pray. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here tonight would say that I'm dealing with something uh, physically here tonight, and I'd like you to pray for me if you'd lift your hand up? Um, yep. Yeah. All right. Come on up front, and uh, Chuck, come on. You help me out here with this, and begin to pray. You and Carrie, and uh, just begin to lay hands on these folks. Thank you. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let me ask you this. While these guys are coming to stand, yeah, just take a step forward, guys, just a little closer here. There you go. If you're dealing with, uh, are you up here for prayer too? For someone else though? Okay. Um, To Stevie's right, if, if you're dealing with some kind of a financial dilemma in your life right now, um, 
I want you to come. I want to pray for you tonight. And uh, just that we would have this opportunity to agree with you and to release our faith here tonight. So if there's something that's going on, um, are you are you someone? Okay, so to Connie's right. So if there's some financial kind of thing that's going on, um, I want you to come. You're standing in for somebody? Okay. Amen. Is there anyone else? You're okay, Emerson. You all right? For your wife. You're fine, sir. Good. Excellent. Is there anyone else? Thank you, Lord. We just want to give this time. Becky, I want you guys to come and pray. I know you. Sorry. <laughs> Is he okay? <laughs> you can bring him with you. I want you to pray over Lonnie. Start down at that end. Amen. Go ahead. Start praying, guys. Go ahead. Just let's let's just release that. You obey God. Just obey God in your prayers as you're releasing that. Find out if they're standing in the gap for somebody or if they're uh, standing here for themselves, and just release that over them. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Amen. Just release that, Becky, financially. Just go ahead and pray with him with Lon- for Lonnie, if you would. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else here dealing with some kind of financial situation? You just want someone to get in? I, lo- I just believe in getting people that know how to believe God standing in alignment with you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Jesus, we just release that. We release that. Release that. Thank you, Lord. We release that, Lord God. Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Now, if you're not up here, just stay in agreement with these folks. We're believing for miracles for them. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Oriante sobre ante sole lomba de tu sandete Shilama la maha sante do to sobai Baleama hata san Edi dosalaka bahata Thank you father Thank you father Orebatu sali la maha Jesus We continue to pray here. Uh, you can feel dismissed, but you're formally dismissed. But please respect what we're doing in here. So if there's fellowship going on, please do it out in the uh, foyer, uh, if you would. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.